Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena Delval, and my guest is Ruba Ranganathan. She is Ethnic Strategist and Senior Vice President of the Strategic Research Institute, and she will discuss the 2006 7th Annual Hispanic Boom Conference in Los Angeles. Rupa is partly responsible for a portfolio of 65 conferences in the multicultural marketing, market development in healthcare, branding, e-marketing, relationship marketing, healthcare, and disease management areas. Prior to joining the Strategic Research Institute, Rupa was a conference producer for global business research in New York City. Before that, she was General Manager of Marketing and Public Relations for the Apollo Hospitals Group in Chennai, India. Rupa, welcome. Welcome to you, too, and to those. Let's start with the Strategic Research Institute. It has such an academic name. What does the Strategic Research Institute, SRI for short, what does it do? We are in the information and knowledge business. And I would say another important part of our business is in business development. The Strategic Research Institute strives to bring the latest updates on knowledge, which is required by executives in various disciplines, like pharmaceuticals, like oil and natural gas, other areas of business where executives want to know how to, to excel in that area, how to you know, develop that area. And by providing these conferences, we also provide a great platform for business development and networking so people connect with the people whom they want to do business with. How did the concept of Hispanic markets come about? Was that your idea? No, I would not take credit for that. I think uh, it, you know the market itself has, uh, has been growing and uh, other ethnic markets as well. And therefore, the, our clients, that's the mar- people from marketing uh, fields uh, responsible for packaged goods, automotives, and various other industries, the clients obviously needed to know more about where these markets were headed and how they could seize opportunities here. Strategic Research Institute was started in 1993, and even at that time, we had offered uh, m- some uh, multicultural marketing conferences though we did a few of them. I joined in 1998, and I think I joined at the right time. The timing was great because there was renewed interest in this market. uh, With the coming of uh, announcement of the census information, everybody wanted to know more and more about this market. And, of course, you know, uh, we really haven't seen it all yet. It's still growing. It's still booming. And uh, uh, there's a long ways to go and a lot to be learned. Now, this is the seventh annual yes. Hispanic Boom Conference. Do you have one of these a year or more? Yes. Actually, as I told you, the, uh, we had about three conferences a year, two or three conferences a year in 1993 called Ethnic and Ethnic Marketing. But in 1998, uh, I d- did the fifth annual Ethnic Multicultural Omnibus Conference, which is always held in the fall. And then... Uh, I thought we should have a specific conference on the Hispanic market boom and profitable customer relationship strategies. And we should hold it in the West Coast. And so we come to Los Angeles every year in the month of June. This year you will notice that 
team has got uh, a, a new twist to it, and it's talking about brand engagement strategies, primarily because uh, all marketers know that they need to reach the Hispanic market. They have data, they have information and insight, but uh, the, the, the key area that they want more knowledge or insight on is in connecting with the customer in various ways. It's no longer enough to just do you know, ads in one language and just put it on television. You have to find ways of uh, building, uh, you know, event marketing strategies and talk about connecting at the storefront. And we're very delighted that we have uh, an excellent array of seven uh, wonderful thinkers and thought leaders in this field who will be headlining this conference. Particularly pleased to welcome uh, Julie Rame of Walmart. She's been known for her innovative abilities in marketing and in uh, the automotive industry, and now she takes over uh, marketing at Walmart, and Walmart is going to be there and talk about why this market is so important, and importantly, how different brands can partner with uh, a force like Walmart. That's, that's great. So that's really, it's, it's all about the engagement now. Let's start at the beginning, Rupa, if you will, so that newbies, people who are thinking mm-hmm. of attending for the first time, can get a feel for the conference, and maybe even for attendees who have been there in the past who want to get a better understanding of what this year's program is going to offer. Who is the target audience for the conference? Who's the ideal attendee? The ideal or the, the most uh, suitable target audience for this conference are people who are having the charge of marketing and it could be marketing soap it could be marketing you know cereal it could be marketing retail products it could be marketing entertainment products it could be marketing uh, you know any beverage it could be computers I mean anything that's being marketed today in America marketers definitely have to see how they can uh, use the growth in the Hispanic market to see how they could build their market share because it is the Hispanic market which is surging. It's literally surging and it's, you know, when I started their spending power or the purchasing power of the Hispanic market was like $479 billion, sorry. It was in 1998 and now you see by 2010 it's going to be $1.2 trillion. And you know, you just have to look all around you to see what a vital force the Hispanic market is for any business and industry. If you are selling uh, a financial products, how can you not know how to better serve the needs of the Hispanic market? So basically, it's meant for uh, people in the marketing area, and which is why you'll see a variety of different companies ranging from J.C. Penney to Bank of America, and you know all many other you know brands Kroger is going to be there at the conference uh, attending and learning how other people are uh, you know reaching this market who is doing what you know what are some best practices and very very importantly how do you make the the, the brilliant uh, connection with this market to see that they are loyal with you build the relationships with this market and uh, and particularly if clients are a bit worried or un- not sure how this 
language issue is going. I mean, it's very timely that they come to this conference because we are going to provide a, almost, you know, a range of different speakers. From one end, we have a speaker who's talking about telenovelas being made for broadband, and it's, then there will be some speakers talking about the English-dominant Latino market. But there are others who are going to talk about Spanish-dominant uh, Latinos and how that market is still growing and how to reach them, what are the differences. And a very, very new theme this year, which I don't think has really been covered in any of the Latino marketing conferences that I have seen, is the aspect of living in two cultures at the same time, uh, a concept called transnationalism. I know everybody who comes to these Hispanic marketing conferences are always asking the question is should it be in English, should it be in Spanish, should it be Spanglish, what about assimilation, what about the acculturation, these are the issues that frequently are talked about at these conferences. But Professor Robert Courtney Smith, he's Associate Professor of Sociology and Immigration Studies at the Baruch College uh, of uh, SUNY, New York, uh, City of New York, is going to be speaking about the realities of uh, Mexican immigrants living in New York and at the same time almost they are living in two countries and we have seen around us by all the demonstrations and the protests and the news items that it is very real that people can live at once in two cultures and that's because modern technologies and transportation and the world has changed around us so it's, it's it's not uh, something that is impossible. But I think a lot of marketers and a lot of other uh, fields as well, we are boxed into some kind of stereotyping people and we say, no, if you are here, you have to just be one melting pot. But uh, the reality is America is no longer a melting pot where everybody has come and you know just taken over one new form. America is more like a tossed salad these days. So therefore, there is a strong self-identity which is being preserved, not only by the Latinos, but by many other immigrant groups that have come here. So marketers should understand this and know how they should enter the minds and the hearts and the wallets of these customers. And I think there's an opportunity for great discussion, debate, and learning at this conference. Rupa, uh, what size group are we looking at? in terms of attendance, how many attendees? This would have a, an audience of about 175 people. They would be senior decision makers from various uh, companies, but also some nonprofit organizations who are trying to understand how to you know, enter this market. Because it's not just you know, physical products that are need to be marketed to this, to this group. If you're doing counseling or advice or financial advice, then you need to be there too. And I'm very delighted to say that we have a, a brilliant speaker who's talking about uh, grassroots uh, efforts that are being done to get volunteers for fighting cancer uh, that is striking kids. Uh, it's, uh, it's, called, uh, it's a brand which they've developed uh, called Yo Soy Esperanza. And uh, Michael Velasquez is going to talk about how cause marketers are tapping into celebrities uh, to, to build, uh, you know, the, the reach and awareness of some, you know, 
important causes. What is the cost of attendance? The cost of attending this conference is a basic charge is $1,595. You have a, the option to go for the conference plus a detailed post-conference workshop which will uh, talk about some very emerging areas in uh, event marketing and uh, branded entertainment and uh, you know tie-in marketing, uh, which will be led by a team from Promotion Management Group, Inc. They have done a lot of new uh, innovative event marketing programs for packaged goods companies, in fact, a you know, globally recognized brand. And the other workshop will be led by Julian Sandler, Cynthia Nelson of Todo Bebe Inc., who are doing some very, very innovative stuff in the area of branded entertainment and tie-ins. And they will be talking about, you know, how this new space is going to be become a very essential part of an, any media planner or marketer's, uh, you know, uh, basic uh, knowledge bank without knowing how branded entertainment works these days, you cannot be a successful marketer. And what is the cost of the post? And that is, uh, costs $400 extra, so it's $19.95. But of course, we are very delighted to say we have a lot of uh, uh, alumni uh, attendees coming back to the conference, so people who have been a part of the series for these uh, 10 years plus will be uh, entitled uh, to receive special discounts and uh, you know, up to $400 off, you know, if they have been coming to our series in the past. What about nonprofits? Do you have a special rate yes, for them? Yes, we do offer a nonprofit rate. It will be $995 flat. For both the conference? They can attend everything, yes, because we want to encourage nonprofits, and we have had nonprofits attend. We always try to see how we can include some of them to speak at these meetings. And the conference, which we haven't said so far, is taking place June 14th through the 15th. Is that correct? That's correct. Does Is that including the post-event meeting? Yes. Post-event meeting is just after lunch on the second day. Okay, so it starts early in the morning on the 14th, yes. ends officially at noon at lunch yes. on the second day, and then those who are interested can stay for the post-event workshops, which I see here on your program, last until 4.30 on the 15th of June. And that's taking place at the Wilshire Grand in Los Angeles? Yes. What kinds of opportunities are there for people who might still want to offer themselves as speakers? Do you still have openings, or are all those spaces taken? Most of the conference is... is pretty set and uh, I don't think as of now I don't have anyone who is going to pull out of the conference. However, there are many opportunities for people, maybe say media companies or people who are you know, having additional sponsorship uh, uh, programs or offerings for the World Cup, for example. You know, and, and the main sponsorships are all gone, but they may be interactive sponsorships, there may be other kinds of media outlets who may want to talk to marketers like, uh, you know, Julie Rehm from Walmart or want to speak to other marketers like Visa and Georgia Pacific, uh, you know, JCPenney, 
Bank of America, BFF Bank, just to list a few of the companies who will be at the meeting. They can sponsor a breakfast. They can have a lunch sponsorship. And usually they can say a few words at breakfast if they want to do a sponsorship at lunch. That's open. You know, at the, when dessert is served, that's the time they can speak. There are others who may just want to, you know, put up a little exhibit booth or a table and we'll be happy to talk to them. And if someone wants to bring a, in a musical band or bring in some entertainment, you know, there's, we're after all going to Los Angeles, which is the capital of entertainment industry. And so if someone wants to bring some entertainers, we can work something into the program so that everybody will not only learn something more, but they will also enjoy it. And the person who's sponsoring it will be certainly remembered very well by their clients. Why don't we share with our listeners some more details about the conference itself? It starts at 7.30 on the 14th yeah. with Continental Breakfast. And then the opening remarks are by Monica Lozano, yes. who is a CEO and publisher of La Opinion. Is that right? That's correct. All right. Why don't I let you take over? And she has been a continuing link to the series because I do remember the first time I did this conference, the first time I, I did it, I think it was in June of 1999. Uh, it was uh, Monica Lozano uh, opened uh, uh, with a keynote speech, and at lunch we had uh, Henry Cisneros, who was then with Univision, to do the luncheon keynote speech. So that's how it all you know, started in June of 1999 for this series. And she's going to be there. And, and what is she going to talk about, Rupa? She's going to talk about uh, where the market is headed, and you know, you know, welcome remarks because she's also it's also her, uh, in her backyard that we are hosting this conference. So and she's just welcoming the audience. She's, she's not going really to welcome, presenting. and she's going to make a keynote speech, which is typically termed the state of the industry address. But that's not going to be at eight thirty, right? It will be at eight thirty. Slight change if you look at the website. She she will speak for about half an hour. Okay, I'm looking at the printed uh, brochure. So no, that uh, because we were, you know, I think uh, there was some error on the brochure. But you should look online for the. She will certainly speak for about half an hour at least. So she's going to talk about sort of the state of the market. She's going to take about the state of the market and some, you know, and some new insights. You know, after all, she's one of the most uh, innovative uh, uh, players in the field of Latino marketing. You know, she's had a very successful product line. But uh, very importantly, when she has been at the helm of uh, uh, advising very big companies, she's on the board, as you know, of Disney and Bank of America and other companies, and you know, so she has a you know broad visionary outlook on what's happening in this market, because there's a lot being published about the Hispanic market these days, naturally, because you can read about it in general media, in trade publications, in numerous conferences on this market, but uh, you know. From time to time, we need to touch base with solid, you know, uh, thinkers and achievers like uh, Monica, for example, to see, you know, where are we headed two years from now? What's new? You know, so that you, if you're on the cusp of something, then you, you know, you're, you're able to go and grab and do something and beat your competitor to the game. Who is going to speak after Monica? That will be uh, Dr. Felipe Corzini who has also been very closely associated with our conference series. He has spoken numerous times on various different uh, aspects. He's going to talk about segmentation, which may 
theme as a, you know, it's a common topic which keeps coming up in several conferences. But he's going to talk about the new tools uh, that marketers need in understanding who to go after because it's quite a big market. I mean, it's 43 million plus right now. So if you're marketing to the Hispanic audience and you think you're going to market to all 43 million of them at, at the same time, I think you're kidding yourself and you're wasting your budget because you have to be very focused and targeted, which is you know, one of the reasons why multicultural marketing has paid rich dividends to clients because they are going after a very specific you know, niche segment. So they, when the market becomes very big, like the Hispanic market, it is all the more important to see where your product and your distribution and your sales team and your you know, platform uh, lie in response to the market. And so you seize the appropriate market. And so he brings, of course, an academic perspective to his presentation, which is about segmenting the Hispanic market. But I wouldn't call Felipe's uh, knowledge uh, purely academic because he's been literally uh, a guru in segmentation research. He founded Cheskin. He was a co-founder of Cheskin, and he has, you know, his he's totally clued in to what's happening with companies and businesses and marketers. And he he is another very giant in this industry in terms of knowledge and expertise. Right, but he brings a university academic yes. background as well as yes. a research as well, background. Yes. Yes. Then the next person in your program is, I think you mentioned him already. Yes, Dr. Smith. And he's going to talk about ethnographic realities of transnationalism. Which yes, and I wanted to share with you and the listeners the... Uh, uh, how I found uh, Dr. Smith. I was listening to NPR and I was I heard him talk about a book and uh, he's written about Mexican New York and I said, yeah, New York, which we don't we think oh Mexican most of it is LA and you don't think you know New York is full of Mexicans and then it started making me think because it is a fact you know yeah, the Hispanic market has also been evolving and now it's not just those few states that we thought were the hubs of Latino population, you know, it's not that Mexicans are only, you know, coming to the border states or they are staying only in, you know, in Los Angeles. And it is a fact, yes, New York is now having a very strong Mexican population. Places like Denver and are, are strong Hispanic markets. So it, it set me thinking and I called him up and I found him and he's, I heard him speak the other day and he talked very knowledgeably because he's done a lot of uh, grassroots research with uh, Mexicans, and he's a professor of sociology. And I think uh, the dimension he brings to this conference is not only rich in its uh, intellectual uh, contribution, it's also a very current topic. I mean, the, the topic about immigration and transnationalism, I think every major newspaper is covering it. But what he is going to do at this conference is he's going to talk about key takeaways to brand marketers, how do these dual lives or transnational lives of Mexicans, immigrants in this country affect, you know, their relationships with brands or how can marketers better understand this psyche or phenomenon of global cultural, you know, living in two worlds at the same time. To give an example, he talked in the, in the NPR interview that I had heard about how he sees, you know, 
hardworking uh, Mexican immigrants working in New York, you know, long hours, and to save money to build something, build a home, or to send it back to Mexico. And to someone who is not truly connected with the Latino market, they may, it may seem, oh, they're saving all the money and they're sending it over there. But uh, that is a reality because you can, you know, certainly live in two places today. You don't, you know, it doesn't mean that your allegiance to the country that you're, you know, in right now is any less. You're paying your taxes. You are certainly patriotic and all of that. But your heart is still somewhere else. It's not, you know, you, you, your heart is in two places. It's not impossible. So, and that's also a bit of a, a difficult challenge for the for the immigrants themselves. And so brands that understand and respect and appreciate this predicament that immigrants are in, the fact that, you know, they they are in the New York, but at the same time, their mind has not uh, left, uh, you know, their hometown in in Mexico or wherever else. So these are some very real issues that will be practical advice to marketers to understand where their market is going. Next, you have Stacy Kavkin. Stacy Kavkin is from Information Resources, Inc. She's Executive Vice President, and uh, she's going to give you very, very new data on Hispanic shopping behavior. And she's going to help uh, consumer packaged goods brands, uh, you know, dive into segments that afford new opportunities. So I think this is a must-attend for anyone who is selling beverages or toothpaste or, you know, packaged foods. And I think there are many such companies on the West Coast as well. Uh, she's going to talk about how between 2005 and 2010 Hispanic Buying power is projected to increase by 9%, etc. But more importantly, she's going to talk in her study about things like do Latino shoppers prefer to buy at Walmart or Albertsons or Myers or Safeway or Sam's Club or Costco? How important is price sensitivity to these customers? And she's going to give you nuggets of you know information which you can then build, possibly build or launch a whole new brand, because I think it's through insights like this that brands like uh, Salsa Verde and all have been launched by people like uh, Frito-Lay. You understand where the gap is, you understand an opportunity, and you go ahead and you know build a, build a big brand. At 11.20, we move on to Armando Martin from Multicultural, who's in Multicultural Marketing yeah. with Albertsons. And what is he going to talk about? He's going to talk about one of the most difficult things that marketers face. That is, you know, it's all very nice to be passionate, to, to build the Hispanic market and to grow this market, but who's going to build the cap and how do you do it? How do you go up to your boss in your company and say, hey, this, this, is, the, these are, this, is, how, this is why you need to give me so much more money, or this is what we need to be doing to build this market? So he's going to talk about explaining the concept of ROI and, you know, discussing profit deliverables uh, to management by so by not being stereotypical in the way you approach your work in this area. 
I'm thinking this will be a, a popular session. It will be because it's something that any marketers, I'm sure, face. I mean, anyone in business is faced with this issue. And actually, there's a change, a slight change in the schedule. Uh, the speaker who is going to speak after uh, uh, Armando is going to be our evening keynote speaker, Julie Rehm. Uh, on account of some travel reason, we had to switch her session, which was supposed to be at 4.45 to 11.50 in the morning. And Michael Velasquez, who is from Los Angeles, has been very gracious and kind to move his talk to 4.45 p.m. that same day. Excellent. And so she is going to talk about what they have done, I imagine, to strengthen their ties with Latino communities. No, she's actually going to talk about uh, brand cooperations and partnerships in between Latino consumers and communities. You're uh, you're right. She's going to actually talk about some more of uh, you know what are the new partnership marketing op- opportunities that exist. Brand, you know, how do you evaluate uh, and measure some of these strategies? Because brand cooperation is is a very vital aspect of building a brand. You don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel when you have you know giant jumbo players like Walmart around who are all already trying to do something. So how can some other brand, Big Bank, for example, with Walmart, do something? So it's going to be, I think, a bit of a creative session as well. Interesting. And then after that is the session that you had mentioned earlier about whether to use Spanish language mm-hmm. or not and in which cases. It's um, it's just going to be covered, and uh, it's, a, I, I would say, a rather unusual speaker or a company discussing that. As you know, Forrester Research, based in the Massachusetts area, is, is very well known for its work in, a lot of research areas, and especially in the technology field. So Tamara Baba is going to talk about, uh, you know, her research, uh, whether it is necessary to just speak in English to some segments of the population, or is it why is it important to necessarily speak in Spanish, and why some companies understand this better than others. Is going to basically reveal insights of Forrester's technology adoption studies, which is I, will, I think that'll be a new new one for many many people who've not exposed to this. So this will be some new data that she's going this to will share. Be new data, excellent. On Hispanic American technology adoption, because we already know that the Hispanic uh, uh, online market growth is is really you know going very very far ahead of many others. But uh, we also know that Latinos not only just check emails who are going online, but they are sharing photographs and, you know, doing some fancy stuff with mobile ringtones and all of that. So those kinds of things will be very, very relevant even for, you know, someone who's, you know, marketing phone services, someone who's wanting to use a phone service to do some co-marketing or new kind of, uh, you know, game or marketing ploy. So it should be seen as, as a good, uh, important new information. Now, after that, Greg Hartley from the Sporting Goods Manufacturers Association, uh-huh. what is he going to talk about? He's going to talk about why and how uh, 
sports marketing is a hot topic in Latino marketing. Uh, there are two aspects to it. I mean, there is a traditional, everybody kind of associates soccer and being a very big uh, Latino-oriented you know, sport and high interest, and that's very true. But he's going to talk about some new data that they have about how various other sports are not lagging behind in their efforts to pitch harder to gain the Latinos uh, as a either as a you know as a fan or as a player and you know also there's a lot of sports media so sports media also need to see how to grow their Latino viewership and they need to learn the game better okay I mean, NASCAR and tennis association football league Major League Baseball, you know, NBA, all these are also uh, going after the Latino market. It's no long, It's not just a soccer and Latino type of thing. You know? There's a lot of insights, more than new data, but a lot of insights. Insights and new research. It'll be research because it's coming. It's coming from a sports marketing industry association, which is not really. A t- and uh, they're going to talk, talk to you about what some of these big players are doing. Of course. And that presentation is followed by Jessica Pantanini from Bromley Communications. And she's going to share some insights on ROI as well, but from a different perspective than the one that we had discussed earlier. The first one uh, would be Julie Rehm. No, uh, the first one was a client, sorry, uh, Armando, who who, who was a client, you know, because we, in this, business, we say the client is the one who places the advertising or the marketing dollar. But Jessica, uh, but they cannot do that without the partnership of an agency or, or the multicultural specialty service provider. So Jessica is talking about how clients are making you know, new requests or new uh, demands on, in the area of return on investment. And she's going to talk you through how you should address some of these new demands, what's happening, you know, what are clients beginning to ask, for instance. How are they looking at their total return on the Hispanic, you know, marketplace. And this is a good uh, a lesson for people who want to see how they can argue the case with their clients to build more budgets for their Latino marketing. Because in the old days, you know, this used to come, budget for Latino marketing used to just come as one little extra, and it was at the side, you know, like a side dish. But it's becoming very mainstream in many markets, like uh, in Miami, I think the multicultural population is 87% plus, you know, all the ethnic groups. I mean, all the top cities and the top uh, DMAs, there's so much of multicultural uh, population, so can no longer just be a little side dish that cannot serve the uh, you know needs of this market. So she's going to talk about how you know clients are asking you questions and also what agencies should be prepared to learn and and talk to their clients because it's a partnership after all. For anyone who's on the agency side, this would be a helpful tool. Absolutely, they learn some new tricks of the trade from uh, one you know one of one of the largest and you know well respected. Uh, agencies. They work on major packaged goods brands and well-known globally, uh, you know, brand names, you know, global businesses. They have strong, strong suit of clients. And she's a great speaker, too. 
Her presentation is then followed by Dolores Kunda from Lapis, and yes. she's going to talk more about how to integrate and build a brand. Yes. She's another power pack speaker. Jessica is going to talk about how to respond to new demands from clients, and I told you how, you know, Latino marketing is becoming more, more, more mainstream, and therefore the stakes are higher, and therefore you need to have a stronger and a you know, more serious discussion with clients about budgets and all that. Only then you can see improved returns. But then as it becomes more and more important and popular, you need to integrate. You can't just have one campaign which is seen on, say, American Idol or any of these general shows and something totally different is happening in Univision and it's far away. Because what's happening is people are consuming, you know, maybe some English shows in, in the morning, and they are looking at uh, something else in the evening. They're looking at some Spanish-language programming in the night. They're, they're reading you know, bilingual media, and so the, there should not be a disconnect. So it's not important or it's not necessary only to know the heart of the consumer and know how to segment the consumer like the earlier speakers would have covered in the morning. It is also important to see how to integrate this whole thing it's almost like preparing a meal, you know. If you don't put the right ingredients everywhere, the meal is going to be too salty or something's going to stick out like a sore thumb. So they, she's going to give you the secret of how you can build, weave into the overall marketing strategy, uh, you know, your Hispanic efforts. And, you know, the reality in the market is sometimes, you know, there are very different advertising agencies for the Latino expertise and you have a general market agency doing something, you know, something else. So if the two of those agencies are not uh, well uh, linked together and do not have, synced, you know, a, a well-synced approach or thought-through approach, something is going to give And it's not good for the brand. It's not good for the agency. Certainly not good for the consumer. They get confused. We wrap up the day. Of course, with the presentation after that that was rescheduled, and you mentioned, I think, the discussion um, that Michael Velasquez is going to share. Yeah. And then the following morning, you start out with Peter Blacker from Telemundo. Yeah. And he's going to talk about soaps. Yeah. He's going to talk about, uh, you know, the basically about how the younger Latinos are to be reached in a slightly different manner and in terms of both content as well as technology. He's also, I think, he's on the Internet Advertising Bureau, which uh, demonstrates how the Internet and digital media is going to be an important player in the total Latino marketing mix. And then after that, you continue with an advertising slant mm -hmm. because you have two more agency people talking about how to reach Hispanics Yes, and uh, this this team is also more to give uh, the creative punch, you know, mm -hmm. because the the cre in, in in it is it is it's fine. Sometimes you know many brands uh, know that they where to pick up the information. They do the market research, and they kind of are okay when it comes to up to the strategy part. But then, if they don't have that creative leap and the creativity then their brand or their advertising efforts do not, you know, win the race, you know, as it were. So uh, their work for Energizer has been particularly well received, both 
you know, in the marketplace and at several awards functions. And we've never had uh, John or Fabio uh, speak at our conferences. And we, you know, I would like to welcome uh, the participation of Grupo Gallegos at this conference as speakers. This is their first time at the SRI. It's the first time they're speaking. Okay. And I wanted to have a balance, you know, because what's happening in Latino advertising, one view is like a strategy and how to integrate it with the rest of it. One is about, you know, the multi-million dollar question of ROI. If you don't get that right, you're not going to get any further in this business. But at the heart of all advertising agencies' business is the lifeblood, is the creativity. This team will talk about creativity. And creativity in the Latino marketing is obviously getting more and more competitive as the market grows and evolves. Of course, as it becomes more sophisticated, it becomes. More I don't know about the sophisticated, but I think it's going to. It's more aggressive in competition. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you have to. It's it, you know, it's almost like a stress test. You know, when there's a race and there's so many people flying, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, do or die type of thing. So you'll put your best foot forward, hopefully. And it brings out new talents, it brings out, you know, diversity of thought, and all that's good for the business. And that is followed by a four-person panel. Mm-hmm. This will be a, a kind of a panel. It won't be like presentation with just case studies, but there will be insights from a variety of different players. People like Lexicon, who've been almost like leading this market, with, you know, the English in Barreras is, I think, one of the most well-recognized brands in the Latino market because they've been selling to a very, uh, you know, to Spanish-dominant audiences, and she's going to talk from that perspective. And Michael Marks of Visa will talk about a totally different perspective, and then we have, you know, an editorial person talking about lifestyle, and we have uh, Monica Morales from Georgia Pacific, again, a new, you know, speaker in, in the series, uh, talking about how utilities companies also need to look at the needs of the growing Latino population. She comes from Atlanta for this conference. That is followed by a case study that talks about acculturation. Mm -hmm. And you have, who are your presenters for that? That would be, uh, you know, one of our panelists, Carissa Price from Lexicon Marketing. She will basically... Uh, speak with a, a an expert in segmentation research and talk about how they are actually defining their audience. See, it's like, you know, when you go for a trip, particularly now, you know, as we're approaching Memorial Day, everybody's planning to take their maps out and draw and see where they are driving. So even in the marketing, you have to first take your map out and decide who, who and where you're going with your brand. So you do geodemographic segmentation on the one hand, you know, from population data, you know, from purchasing power statistics, that's one level. But you also need to know from the consumer, you know, behavior, consumer, you know, uh, insight perspective, how do you map the right target audience? Because if you're going after the wrong target, if English in Barreras is trying to sell to an extremely only English-dominant audience, it's irrelevant, right? Because they need to see who their market, who will be best suited for their market, who they can, you know, appeal best to and go after that market. And it's very important, particularly today when there's this discussion about, yes, all the uh, 
you know, English is going to be the language of choice, and it is the English official language and all of that, yes. But there is a process of transition when somebody comes new from a country. How, how, how do brands play a role in, you know, helping this person, you know, move to the next or grow? And uh, what, these are some of the insights you learn from, from this talk. It's a case study, basically. And that's followed by a Todo Bebe and Sesame workshop mm-hmm. discussion on branded entertainment. Yes. Uh, you see, uh, if you notice on uh, Saturday night's uh, programs on Sabado Gigante, you'll see Don Francisco is not only, you know, doing his characteristic performances, but you'll be noticing that uh, lots of, you know, marketing uh, efforts have been slipped into it. Lots of products uh, have been placed into the setting of the show to make it really a part of the whole, you know, conversation with the customers on Saturday nights. And as you know, it's a big show and there's a lot of audience for it. Madison Avenue has, as you know, been uh, forced to look at at the options other than just the typical, you know, 30-second spot. Because at one point of time, the television was, 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 was huge, you know. If you were a cosmetic company, you just bought a you know, good advertising, a lot of advertising on television, you were able to really grow your market share. But today that's not not the only medium. You see, we are consuming multiple media. We are having emails, we're checking Blackberries, and now you're having, you know, you yourself in the uh, are podcasting this uh, whole program. And so customers are having new and different means of getting their information and their channels, and they cross channels. So it's becoming tougher to just, you know, be successful with just mass media advertising where the advertiser is telling somebody to listen to something. Uh, the big idea these days is to try and engage the customer in what you're doing. If you're at an event, see how you can have some kind of interaction. Whether you're online, see how you can get an interaction. Uh, there was a, a game, actually, an interactive game developed for Procter & Gamble uh, based at some of you know, after one of our conferences in Miami Beach many years ago, there was an exhibitor who was talking about some interactive games, and they were had a booth, and then there was a team from Procter & Gamble who came from Puerto Rico, and the next year they actually presented that game as a part of, uh, uh, you know, Procter & Gamble's strategy in using interactive gaming to connect with their customers. So engagement, it is not enough to just go and have a message and say it out there. How is the message being received? So it's all about involving the customer. So whether it's in an event in Madison Square Garden or whether it's the Latin Grammys and you're trying to engage somebody or whether it's even as uh, the you know non-profit uh, presentation, presentation at the conference, uh, Michael Velasquez, he'll talk about how he's bringing one of the stars from Desperate Housewives, Eva Longoria, to... Uh, to Mickey Mouse and you know how they're involving and engaging these people so the uh, the people at the event will come for, you know and talk to these people so basically branded entertainment is is an is a very important aspect of growth and uh, 
sealing relationships with the customer. And that actually is the end of the, the conference end. itself, yes. which is then followed by the optional workshops yes. that afternoon. And for that, you have four workshop conductors, more yes. accurately, right? right? Yeah. And you have uh, Jillian Sandler and Cynthia Nelson from Todo Bebe once again. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be talking about branded entertainment, but in more of a workshop setting. So people can ask a lot of questions. Uh, this is, you know, otherwise speakers typically have like 30 minutes to do their case studies. And pretty much they use most of that time and they show all the case studies, the slides, and there are some questions. But this workshop is designed for people to ask questions. It's a smaller group, only those who are interested in that particular area. If a brand is not yet ready for doing things like this, they may not go for this workshop. Or if they're already doing something in this area and they know how they have found the answers to what they're doing in this space, then they may not choose to attend. So this is pretty much a workshop which, as the name suggests, is something to you know roll up your sleeves and you know understand how you can go back after the conference and you know put a little action plan and see how you can take it further. And right before their workshop. You also have an hour and a half long workshop conducted by Kim and Eric, and then that would be Eric Sosa from Promotion Management Group Inc. We're going to talk about how to sell products through successful event marketing to the Latina community in the specific area of packaged goods, building strong event marketing programs at grassroots level. And he's, they are going to show examples of how some major uh, packaged goods companies are doing this. And that brings the conference and the workshops to a close. This never closes. The show never ends because <laughs> the curtain opens for the fall conference in Atlanta, which will be the ethnic uh, and the multicultural omnibus, the 13th annual. So we basically do four or five programs a year or so. Rupa, let's talk a little bit about how you as a company and you specifically as the organizer of so many of these successful conferences, how do you reach out to your different clients, attendees, and partners to be able to have these Hispanic boom conferences seven years in a row? What are, what are your secrets? Well, first of all, I am absolutely passionate about this topic because I come from uh, the field of marketing and advertising in India, which is a very, very multicultural, you know, area. So if you're marketing in India, you're marketing to people who speak so many different languages and so many different cultures. It's an area, and I was grateful to be, have, to be in an, in an, in an industry and, and in a company and an organization which has really allowed me to uh, to grow and build in this area. Strategic Research Institute, as you know, has been in operation since 1993. And so over a period of time, we've, you know, built a strong database of people in various industries. As, as I've told you, you know, people who have attended my conference in, say, 99, they may have moved to another company, but then, you know, they too become part of our list. And so as, as, as we do more and more of these conferences, our lists grow. And, of course, it will not be possible without the partnership and 
and you know the support of wonderful trade and media organizations such as yourself and many others who are either a publication or a website or maybe they are a, you know just an industry association and i am very very grateful to have had this you know unflinching support of so many wonderful people in the business i notice that for this upcoming conference the latino boom you show 17 media partners on your brochure is that correct Yes, but we have many, many more. Maybe some of the logos didn't come in when the brochure was, was printed. How many media partners would you say you have for that event? Any given time, we have at least about 20 people. So 20 different organizations yes. that you're partners with. And, of course, many of the speakers, most of the speakers, yes, are sponsors who have paid for the privilege no, to address the audience. that I want to very, very clearly clarify. A speaker is not... A sponsor. Tell you us how that happens. You sponsor, though, of course, if you sponsor, you get the benefits of sponsorship. And that's why I think we are keeping our editorial edge, because the moment you just, the lines blur between one and the other, then, you know, why would somebody, you know, we would invite somebody to speak only if they have a strong, compelling case or story to tell or an insight to share, which is done with a lot of research, you know, we have been continuously been. I've been doing research with, you know, in this area since '98. How do you select the speakers, Rupa? Because I read, I talk to people, I read what other people have said, I talk to attendees and say what's going on. Well, then somebody will say, oh, you know what, Energizers uh, case studies, they have done some excellent work, and you know the agencies, so and so. Then I'll find them. If I don't have them in a list in front of me, I will find them somehow, and I will talk to them, and I will invite them to come and speak to this. Because what we do is we have, you know, people who, if you're invited to speak at this conference, then it's because you've done something which other people should learn about. We certainly have sponsorships, as you know. People pay, and there's lots of opportunities to pay. It doesn't mean that if you pay, you cannot speak. But it's very clearly identified. If you're a sponsor, then you're a sponsor. And it's not, and it's sometimes you may sponsor, but you may not have a story to tell, so you will not be on the program. You know what I mean? What percentage of your speakers have paid a sponsorship to be on the program? See, that is a very, that's a very, uh, you know, difficult thing because it differs from program to program. Well, for this and particular conference. I, at least, uh, I think... Uh, uh, How many speakers do you have, Rupa? I think about 30 speakers. In in this case, we have not taken money for... I don't think we're any... We are not... Uh, none of the speakers, especially all, you know, have paid to be on the program. None of your speakers has paid any yes, fees for, for, this sp- one. Yes. for the sponsorship or yes. in any way? Yes. But we have, you know, other people... You know, there are sponsorships come through many sources. Well, how do you make money? We make money because there are other people who wish to sponsor and underwrite the program. Because the we call we usually get speakers to speak who want to be met by the sponsors. You see what I mean? And if it's like, uh, and they may not sponsor this, they may sponsor another, you know, event of ours or something. Who are your sponsors for this conference? For this conference. We are. I don't have the list in front of me, but I think uh, 
I think we have a few uh, people who are providing trans, you know, language uh, services and some other advertising, uh, you know, uh, pathways. But what I want to explain to you is, we get see the, the the way we fund these programs is because people buy tickets to come to the conference, and plus, of course, sponsorship. But it doesn't necessarily come from the people who are just speaking. I know that that's a format which a lot of people are using in the industry, but uh, there has also merit in in having a speaker who is not paid, you know, to be on that slot. Of course. It's very tough, actually, to get some very high-powered speakers, you know, particularly everybody, you know, they do get a lot of invitations. And in and built a relationship with many, you know, companies over so many years. Mm-hmm. For this particular conference that we're talking about, you have approximately 30 speakers, about 20 media partnerships, mm-hmm. about 175 attendees paying somewhere between $1,000 and $2,000. Exactly, exactly. What are the sponsorship ranges? I know, of course, there's not a single sponsorship there's level. There's not a single. It ranges anywhere from, say, uh, $6,000 to, you know, platinum sponsorships. And because we're not like a one-off kind of an event thing, we have a continuing series. In fact, many of our attendees also sometimes book for like two, three events in a row. So obviously we will be happy to give them some special rates for that. And likewise also sponsorship. So, you know, maybe a sponsor, for example, we just, the last time we did this conference was in Miami Beach in January. I don't know, uh, uh, you know, I don't have all that information with me ready, but we had you know, some of the sponsors who were recurring or continuing sponsors. They'll say, we'll do two of your events this year. And then, depending on their travel and their, you know, people need to be available also, right, to, to be at the, at the event for sponsorship. So then they may choose which two. But at least the fact that people are blanket, you know, sponsoring two or more programs or buying tickets for more than one program, you know, to come to this meeting, it speaks uh, to the to the content and to, to the value that this uh, program might provide. And we're constantly learning ourselves and, you know, changing and changing formats for panels, inviting new speakers, inviting insight and input from attendees and in fact many of just like many of our speakers some of them you know are some of the prominent names particularly if they're not unhappy if they're not happy with what they experience in your program they're not going to accept and make their time available for you again and again right same way even the sponsors and i'm very grateful to our sponsors and we have a long list of you know sponsors who supported our Latino and other ethnic marketing conferences, uh, they have also come back to us. Now, you mentioned a few minutes ago that none of your presenters is paying to speak. Do you pay any of them to no, be speakers? No, we don't. We don't, unless sometimes, if it is a rare case, then I don't think uh, uh, if it's some, you know, someone academic or, you know, there is some reason why that we need we need that particular person to speak. I mean, in, in all the years that I've done, I rarely, you know, we, we don't, you know, go through that route. Because I guess people who don't do conferences as a business, when they're looking for some speakers, they might, you know, they might just go to a bureau or something, and, you know, then and you have the, the money exchange for, for speaking. 
What criteria do you use, Rupa? I know you said that you do research and that you chat with people, but for our listeners who are interested, I hear this a lot, uh, people who want to be considered people who have an expertise, who have spoken at other conferences mm-hmm. and want to be invited. What criteria do you use and what recommendations would you share with them? Oh, uh, absolutely. We, we are always uh, open for abstracts and submissions of ideas. People are emailing and writing to us all the time. And uh, sometimes, you know, we may not respond right away because, you know, we're planning that for something else. And we certainly call them back and talk to them about their idea and see where they may be a fit. But uh, frankly, it's not... There are a lot of people who write in and would like to speak, but uh, one piece of, you know, suggestion, I wouldn't really say advice, because, the, you know, people who write to us are all well, uh, you know, uh, well informed about the subject. In fact, they are the actual people who are playing the game on the field. But what tends to happen is uh, we don't want people to just talk about uh, what, their service can deliver. We want to see case studies, how a certain approach or a thought process or a strategy or a positioning platform or a marketing media channel has, you know, done phenomenally well for the brand. We are looking for partnership presentations where we can help it, where the client and the, you know, either at the media or someone else talks about, uh, uh, you know, how a certain new product has been launched or how a new Latino marketing strategy has come about. And while we are looking for clients to speak, sometimes, you know, the market and the industry has been led and it has been built by uh, very, very powerful uh, strategists who are on the, who are selling something, whether it's media space or whether it's you know a skill or a consumer research, you know research or segmentation ability. It is very difficult to generalize, and it's very difficult to actually pick and choose who you really are going to put on the program, because you do get very good input. But we ask our attendees, you know. The lifeblood of the business is people who, you know, pay and come and listen to the conference and, you know, that's what keeps us going. So what is it that our customers want is what I ask because, like, we're talking about marketing. So I have, in order to develop a successful product line and market it, I need to understand what the customer wants and I have to be constantly having my ear to the ground. And what are the concerns? What, what, what do people want to know about? Who do they want to know it from? You know, I do surveys, I chat, I'm listening, I'm reading, I'm watching. You know, to me, it's a 24-7 process. You're all the time absorbing something, particularly in the field. If it's some scientific field, then, you know, I could not do it sitting, you know, driving home from the train station, listening to NPR. Sometimes I'm, you know, in touch with my marketplace. So it doesn't end with the it conference. Never, it never, and, and I think if you're doing something that has a beginning and an end, you're, you're not really in the right place. What's next, Rupa? Next is I'm building the, I'm already working to 
bring our 13th annual ethnic marketing omnibus to Atlanta CNN Center, and many of our attendees and speakers will need to note that the venue has moved from Chicago to Atlanta this year. And there's a reason for this, because uh, for all these 12 years, we've been hosting the meeting in Chicago, and I love Chicago. It's a great place for holding the ethnic marketing omnibus. But I want to our, our attendees and the marketplace to feel the vibrance of new and growing multicultural centers. And Atlanta is, is, has been extremely multi, uh, you know, has been very vibrant. It's growing very big uh, with several other ethnic communities. It's not just, uh, you know, the African American and the South and Atlanta, which may have been a stereotype in, in, in the old days. You know, it's Latinos are there. There are Gujarati speaking, Asian Indians in Atlanta. It's, it's a very, very dynamic, vibrant place. What's new in terms of Hispanic-specific events? In other words, you started out doing broader events that uh-huh. included several groups, right. and then you went to a more specific event, which was Hispanic market-specific. Is this going to become even more segmented, for example? No, we, we, we do have it, and we may have something more on just one aspect of the, the Latino market. But the next big thing is in January, and the January in Miami, uh, you, you know, it it's, will be on the website, and we will communicate about uh, uh, where who the speakers are going to be for that. And that will be the 13th annual marketing to U.S. Hispanics in Latin America conference. There will be a lot of uh, talk about cross-border marketing, about various. It, it will be totally a Latino marketing program. How is that different from the one in Los Angeles? See, the one in January in Miami is more of a you know larger, lots of different categories, and you know it's uh, it's about. Uh, I would say even if you're just new and you want to get into you know Latino, uh, the U.S. Hispanic marketing, you know you'll be there because there'll be a lot of you know, studies and basic information about that. Uh, I would say we started this Los Angeles team as something where you can build profitable marketing, uh, you know, market uh, uh, consumer customer acquisition strategies, relationship marketing, and all that comes when you're a little already zoned in into this uh, space. And otherwise, it's it's pretty much similar in content in the sense it's all about uh, different uh, players. Uh, building their base in the Hispanic market. Are the people who attend the conference in Los Angeles going to hear from the same speakers or a similar group no, of speakers? Very different speakers, very different speakers in Los Angeles as we have in Miami Beach. So there are people who come to both these events, for example. That's what I was trying there to are, get there to. Are, there are people who come to both. I think uh, we are also in a bit of a, this is an evolving category. Many years ago, we did not have anything about the English language Latinos, but suddenly now that's becoming a hot topic, you know, and even, uh, you know, tomorrow it'll be something else, you know. So we have to keep watching the trends, and it's our job to see what clients are discussing, and we are objective in the sense that one of the things is we don't provide, uh, we don't have any stake on, you know, any of the, you know, what any speaker has to say. We are an independent organization. We are not 
owned by any of these speakers or we don't have any you know uh, vested interest in saying that this market is growing or that market is growing we bring new information from the most you know valuable sources and the most practical sources because they are players in the game and you know marketing is is this art and a science and it's learned by listening to other people you listen for example in january we had daniel ayala who's been on your program before talk about uh, uh, his, their approach to the remittances market and then what we do is maybe somebody in the audience will be listening to him and maybe inspired by him and he may you know apply some of that knowledge in a totally different area you know that's i think in in an, in a very limited way perhaps we are also i believe part of the process of this whole evolution of this practice itself and we hope we play a minor part or a small part in helping uh, excellence and build excellence and results in this territory where should our listeners go who want to know more although you have shared a lot of insights but if they want to know more or if they want to see the latest updates in the program where should they go rupa they should go to www.srinstitute.com forward slash c as in charlie m as in mary 4 and then they'll go straight to the conference overview page and i repeat it's www.s as in sam r institute.com forward slash c as in charlie m as in mary 461 and if they want to consider sponsorship opportunities or if they want to propose their name as a speaker for another conference what should they, they can, do they, they, there is a column on that they can put info at sr institute and they can always always reach me directly at 212-967-0095 extension 252 and i'm always i'm all ears for new news and uh, success stories wonderful well, i hope that you keep us posted on what's happening in the future maybe for the january conference absolutely and i hope i will get a chance to meet you in in, in one of our conferences very soon of course thank you elena gracias thank you rupa thank you for listening to rupa ranganathan an ethnic strategist and senior vice president with the strategic research institute who discussed the 2006 7th annual hispanic boom conference in los angeles brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations hispanicmpr.com providing you essential information on America's largest minority for more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com that's www.hispanicmpr.com